we're back. We're back, baby. It is All-Star Weekend right now. I mean, we're recording this on Sunday at 3.16 Central, but last night was pretty fun. We got to see, the last two days were pretty fun, I guess. You got to see Josh Giddey in the Rising Stars game play out there with some different guys. He had like three Jalens on his team, Cole Anthony and some other guys. Do you have any big takeaways from that? Yeah, Giddy looked like the best rook out there. Absolutely. It Even was though re- it was like a Squid Games type thing, it it, was, he still looked really good. It was really cool that they gave him another team with zero spacing, just like the Thunder. <laughs> they said, you're used to doing this where you don't have any got, shooters around you. You've got a windmill going in front of you. I mean, try Lou Dort. It's mm-hmm. a little hard to shoot over that. I like the for- uh, Did you like the format of those games, the Rising Star games? Yeah, I say Squid Games, though, because of what they had the Currys do. Mm-hmm. You know, prior to I just creeped me out. It was I weird. It. it didn't make any sense. Yeah, but uh, I did like how they added a little more to the skills challenge. It mm-hmm. wasn't just, you know, the kind of the relay that they would always do. Uh, and I like that they made it in teams. But uh, really, I think that should be for, like, strictly rookies and sophomores. I don't know putting in like Giannis and his brothers like you know what was that for <laughs> that's because they're not going to make any other event that's that's what was happening <laughs> but I I like the Rising Stars game and like the format of it where they got like what did they have they had all the um they put it into four teams instead of just two teams I'd like them to do that with the real all-star game too I think that'd be more fun put so, in four teams like a cutthroat yeah you have the little tournament I you get because what I liked about that is you got to see Giddy and all those guys play a lot of minutes. Where in usually in those All Star games you play like half the game or less. Right. But now everybody gets a big run. Well, see that's that's what's. I mean, we could talk two hours about this, but like All Star break, they have gone away with such like the big names and the big players. You know, even in the challenges, like especially the dunk contests and stuff. So, and I think that's just because of where the time in the season and risking injury for mm-hmm. teams that need those players for playoffs. You know. I want to give a shout out to the NBA for making a skills competition just built for Josh Giddy, where we're like, hey, just pass it through this this tire here. <laughs> what he's amazing at too, yeah. like his he's par- only good at- par- best part of his game. <laughs> yeah, they're like, just do this. But just- he, he looked really good in the in shooting part of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, he hit the shots quicker than both other rooks and maybe all the teams except Garland. Garland is it. Him and Evan Mobley made me sad watching Evan right. Mobley and Giddy for that right. like one 10 minute stretch well, and with Garland people were worried because coming out of college he played like 12 games maybe or I mean tore his ACL like immediately was it his ACL or was it his uh, meniscus something I know it was something his knee but yeah. like still the fact that what he was been able to do to come in the NBA after you know a really short college career that's it's impressive yeah it was fun, very though. underrated guy. I mean uh, we'll get Josh Giddy in the dunk contest next year yeah, he can do all of them. He yeah, can just do it all. He he's, just, he's proven it. He, yeah, we've seen only two hand dunks from him. And we're seeing the uh, LeBron James, Sam Presti uh, praise, and we've already seen yeah, the giddy the, praise. The propaganda. So you can pretty much already tell what's going to happen there. Confirmed LeBron is trying to get his son to Oklahoma City so he can play here. That's just obvious 8D chess going on right now. Yeah, Presti's really grinning with what, four first-round picks in 2023. <laughs> Yeah, you hear LeBron said, I'm going to play wherever my son goes. What if his son's like in Istanbul or something? He's, he's playing <laughs> he over overseas? there. Yeah. I mean, he'd follow him and he'd, I mean, imagine LeBron going to, you know, a country overseas and playing in their league. Like, he's going to bring hilarious. the numbers. He's going to bring the numbers. It'd probably be the most rated and highly rated televised game every, every game he plays. I would love nothing more than for the Kings to draft his son just so it's like, LeBron, you have to be a Sacramento King. Right, right. Yeah, that, that'd be... Kings are... Yeah. But back to the Thunder yeah. stuff, you know, Josh Giddy is one of the more unique players in the NBA already. I mean, you saw... We talked about that graphic Haley and I did where all his weaknesses were basketball out of the draft. You remember that meme? 
Wait, say that again. It was um, a meme out there. They said like it was uh, Josh Giddey's weaknesses as a basketball player. And it was like shooting, athleticism, ball handling, <laughs> defense. And the meme is like somebody replied under it. So his weakness is playing basketball. <laughs> but now those are all strengths, obviously. Yeah, I was about to say. But Josh Giddey is one of the more unique players in the league. I mean, not many guys are throwing passes like this, especially at 6'9". He's breaking all these records with the triple doubles. He's getting conversations with guys like Magic Johnson, Wilt Chamberlain, LeBron James. So I want to know who, I guess, there's no easy fit, but who does Josh Giddey remind you of? Um, I'd say... With not as good of a uh, jumper yet, I'd say he's a taller, lengthier Ricky Rubio. Now, I, it's I think that's for, on the low end, maybe. For on the low, but a way better one, yeah. especially for his age and what he's able to do. But if you want to take like what his game looks like, mm-hmm. that's that's kind of who I would. I mean, because Rubio, he he can't control a game like Josh Giddey can. He can't. He's you know Josh Giddey's made passes that I've, I don't see Ricky Rubio make all the time, no. especially at the age he's at. Um, but Rubio had a better jumper. So once Giddy gets that, I'd take Giddy 10 times out of 10. Even still would now. But I, I think the way his game looks, it's like a Rubio. I had Ricky Rubio as one of my comps also. I had a couple other guys. We have Chris Paul was one. Somebody called him Chris Tall. I like that one. Obviously, the shooting's not there like Chris Paul or the handle. But say, you the handle, the, the flashiness is The decision-making and just the weird passes and just knowing the game and the angles, I think you can say is similar. Um, one that I said for a while, even the preseason, is LaMelo Ball. I think that that is pretty similar. LaMelo has more of a scoring punch, but just being a plus-size playmaker who makes some full-court passes and just different passes that guys normally wouldn't see, I think LaMelo's pretty close in that. Right. I'm, well, and LaMelo... Both of, both of them are really young, but I don't Giddy Giddy in my eyes is he's just not as flashy as some of those guys, and he doesn't need to be. He no. just makes the passes, and they're it's like wow, yeah, that's that's the pass you want to make, and wow, that was a great pass. It's very efficient, it's very solid. Well, so here's, what, here's what do you want to see from your guy? He's not a he's not this guy as a defender, but you've got Jason Kidd is another one who I think is pretty similar. Jason Kidd was only six four. Giddy's obviously six nine. He's Again, got more height. Better jumper though. Later in his career, right. earlier in his career, Jason Kidd couldn't shoot. There's a reason why his nickname was Ace and Kidd. There was no J in his game. Still had, still had a lot of triple doubles, too, for his size. Yeah, but if Giddy can be 6'9", Jason Kidd, who was a former MVP, NBA champion, 70, top 75 player. I will take it. I'll take that instantly. <laughs> I don't think he'll have the nine times all defensive, but right. I think the sky's the limit for Giddy. It's really going to come down to, as we've talked about a lot, just his shot and what it looks like off the dribble because not just stationary shooting if he can just shoot 35 percent from three off just stationary Minimum. threes he'll be an all-star let's say that's like six or seven percent better than russ has shot in his entire career from like three point and mm-hmm. you know even his mid-range now it's like he's having an off year but it's still like 40 percent. i just forget he i when you come off those pick and rolls his you know his first go-to is to drive and then make the pass he wants to force the guy to commit draw the double or draw the next man to help pass it to the open man or kick it out. Mm-hmm. But if he's able to make a threat where the player has to come up higher because he can pull up from the mid-range or even hit it three here and there, he's going to be the most, I mean, he's, he's going to be very, very dangerous. Like in however you, however way you try to guard him. Now on one-on-one, that's another thing I'd like to see is him maybe get not a little quicker, but a little craftier with the one-on-ones. Well, use your size. I mean, another one that's right. kind of a weird comp, but just in, terms of passing and athleticism Jokic has got to be like in there or somebody you at least think of or consider right right uh well I mean for Giddy with his with his age 
and where he's at right now, I'm, I'm happy. If you're a Thunder fan, you have to be happy where you're at. Um, you just, you got to watch some development with a shot. That's really about it, though, because other than that and some handles, he's going to be an all-around player for a long time. Sam Presti did it again. <sighs> but anyways, um, speaking of Giddy, you got to also bring in Shea at the, in, in this conversation. I mean, they're kind of attached to the hip. They are the two cornerstones of this franchise. But I wanted to know, because obviously this team is tanking, so they're not trying to maximize these guys. But say in a couple years, whenever they do really go all in, they're trying to win. How do you think is the best way for these two guys, I guess, to mesh together or play to, uh, together? Maybe you have a certain style or guys you want around them? I mean, with, with Shea and Giddy, let's toss in Dort, too. Okay. I mean, are, we, are we getting rid of Dort? We're not no, I'm just saying those are the top two. Right. Well, I mean, you're going to want a guy like him in because he's become more of a better two-way player. You need that, um, especially just for his defense. Thunder have always had a guy that they can go to for a you know, lockdown defender. But... For the other two pieces, I'd say around that, you need a versatile center, like we've talked about, like a Miles Turner, mm-hmm. um, freaking an Evan Mobley. After watching him in his All Star games, I would have, I just would have killed for him. I think I told you that last time. But a, a versatile center who can play inside and out, and then really in the other position, I think you either want like another two way player who's more of a shooter mm-hmm. on the offensive side. But um, or you could just get a pure shooter. I think around those guys because with Giddy and Shea, if you have a a good solid versatile center that can work the pick and roll with them very well, it's it's going to be a really good offense. All you got to do is just move, and they're going to find you, or yeah. they're going to score. And then the thing with Giddy and Shea, you can put a shooter out there who doesn't have to be an elite defender because those guys have so much size, and they're not right. going to get played off the floor defensively just because they're smart enough and they move decently enough. I mean, Giddy's going to get torched by some guys. Shea's too small to guard some guys. Just I like muscle mass wise. Right. But I don't think you're going to be in a situation like So is Poku. Yeah. <laughs> you're not going to be in a situation like with Lou Williams or Trey or Kimba Walker and some of those smaller guys who can kind of get targeted by the switches. I think these guys are a little bit too big for that, but but they're lengthy. Yeah. That can work in the NBA nowadays. It's I mean, you have the Cavs with I think up until injuries, it was three 7-foot starters. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you can do that now. It it can it can work to your advantage. It's just you're going to catch some teams like the Warriors where if you don't fly around the three-point line with all their shooters around, you know, you, you might get torched if they're on fire. Well, so. and defense is just 90% like effort. In the NBA, yeah. Yeah, yeah. especially with that. If you have that kind of size, all you got to do is just make the effort to make the step in the right direction. You're going to be all right, but it's easier said than done. I like what you mentioned about having a versatile center. Some of the guys who I also had as like semi-gettable, quote-unquote. Mm-hmm. Like Jaron Jackson, that type of caliber guy. Miles Turner, DeAndre Ayton would be really good. Ayton would be great. Somebody who can anchor your defense and stretch the floor enough. Because, I mean, if you have shooting and spacing around Gideon Shea, I don't know really how you guard those well, and guys. That's, and that's what, like, the versatile center would create on the inside and out is, mm-hmm. is not just the spacing. But if you ran essentially like a, a motion, but every time you're running it, it's going to touch Shea or Giddy's hands at least once, and you have a pick and roll coming with it. Make the defense continuously move, and then that fourth guy that you got can just float around the three-point line for a three-pointer if you need a, you know, a safe outlet. Speaking of DeAndre Ayton, he's up for an extension this year, and it feels like they're going to be in a crunch like salary-wise pretty soon because they've Probably. signed Booker, they've signed Bridges, they've Paying signed Paul's Chris contract. Paul. Yeah. So I wonder if Cam Johnson is somebody who's gettable for the Thunder because he'd be very... I mean, he's only 23-24, which mm-hmm. is not ideal, 
but he plays NBA caliber defense, and he's an elite shooter already who can start for your team immediately and average 15 points. Well, you know, Ty Jerome's supposed to be the guy that's doing that for us, and he's not doing it because he goes in the game sometimes, and he thinks he's one of the point guards, and it's just, this isn't Virginia, dude. This is We'll get to Ty Jerome later, (laughs) but I think Cam Johnson would be a nice fit. I like the idea of I mean, shooting in general, but having some guys who can move off screens and be a little bit more uh, more mobile, like a Duncan Robinson type, I think would help with jo- uh, with Giddy and Shea because of the movement that they create and the gravity that they have. Yeah, I mean, like I said, if if when you got those two guys, those two guys on the floor at the same time, and you got a versatile center that's doing pick and rolls, pick and pops with them, and you get the spacing correctly, and you just continuously move, kind of like the Warriors do, you will see point, more points scored out of this Thunder team, and they will be a lot prettier than. Some games we've. I mean, look how good Shea looked last year with Moses Brown catching lobs. Yeah, I know. And you made. I mean, there were some games you were like, "Whoa, Moses!" Like, and he had what a twenty rebound game. mm -hmm. I mean, he just, you know, he had had some flashes, but it's like, is that because of him, or is that because of what your point guards get him set up for? You know. And imagine, yeah, that just makes me think. Just imagine how good Shea can be or Giddy if they actually had a real productive NBA level center and not somebody who's on the G League scrap. No offense to Moses Brown, but he's not a. He's no Joel Embiid or Nikola Jokic or anything um, like that. Yeah, if we had a uh, if we had an Embiid or a uh, Jokic, we'd be having a whole different conversation right now about the Thunder. Well, um, whose offense do you like in terms of like maybe able to replicate with the Thunder? Because I think of like the Bulls and what they're doing. Where we talked about this before, they have multiple playmakers exactly like the Bulls. Yeah, that's a but great just comparison. Having Giddy as your prime playmaker and just having all these guys like Zach Levine or Shea in that role as moving off the ball. I even thought about the Suns a little bit of Chris Paul and Giddy in that same role, and Devin Booker can be your but secondary see, playmaker. With, with them, with those two, you have DeMar DeRozan and Devin Booker. Mm-hmm. And those two guys, when they get the ball, they're gonna, there's a great chance that they're going to score. You know, well, that's, with Giddy or with uh, Shea, it's like that, but he has no help like those two teams do. Mm-hmm. But as far as a duo, I love that. I yeah. love that. Comparison. I'm just thinking later on. I'm also, I really, I hope we see this at some point because I think it could be really dangerous. You see it a lot of times with the Warriors where, you know, you have Draymond setting screens and he gets it on the short roll. I'd love to see a two man game between Giddy and Shea to build some chemistry because Giddy's big enough and muscular enough to set some of those screens and then he's obviously a generational passer so he could catch it on the short roll and just make drop a play, dimes make to a guys play. Yeah, yeah you could have a center there in the dunker spot too yeah i think that'd be really really interesting um uh, another one that i thought of i mentioned this to you before but like the old rockets offense with cp3 and harden where you have a top 10 level ball handler just on the floor at all times to run your offense so there's no tie jerome five minutes exactly of, that yeah. shouldn't just never happen well once you once you're done tanking that mm-hmm. should never happen yeah so anything else you'd like to see from that combo or guys you'd like to put around them i mean i think that like mikhail bridges is the ideal guy who you'd want on the wing next to them but i think they're missing one more prime score well see you say score but are you talking about like a playmaker score or are you talking about like a guy who's going to hit shots I think they need somebody who just scores points because I think that Giddy can make up for a lot of things if a guy just doesn't pass enough. I think, see, I think a great shooter is going to score a lot of points on on this kind of team. If like if like you and I are saying, Shea and Giddy find some chemistry with each other, mm-hmm. they get another versatile four or five man who can do it inside and out, and maybe even a little bit of more of a two way. You're going to open up spacing for that fourth guy to kind of do whatever he wants. But if you bring another playmaker 
then, you know, you got three guys. We're kind of doing what we did back in 2011, 2012. We had three playmakers on the court. Who's going to do it, you know? Um, I wouldn't mind that, but I, if you asked me, I'd prefer a shooter that can float around the rim, get a kick out when Giddy or Shea are driving and they bring the double team or they bring the help because they're going to do it mm-hmm. probably nine times out of ten. Um, but if but when you say like playmaking score, like who who would you who would you like out of that? Because As an actual you, score like score or a playmaker score. Well, I mean, if you're a scorer, because I think and it's they not need, just from the outside, like shooting, like yeah. mid-range and threes, you're you're a playmaker, probably. I think they need a number one score. I don't think Shea is a number one score on a championship level team or even a real contender. Okay, no so, offense to Shea, but like the guys who are actual, but like who? Kevin Durant, LeBron James types, like the guys who carry the load. I think that's somebody who you're gonna have to get in the draft. Like a Jabari Smith Jr. Maybe that, maybe Apollo Bancaro. You're more of the college basketball guy than I am, but I see those guys, and that feels like, you know, if you're just like, hey, Jabari, don't worry My about passing ever. My advice to is after this All-Star break, where you're, 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 your goal right now is to get Jabari Smith Jr. I have bought every bit of stock I can with him. Who does he remind you of? <sighs> Man. I honestly, to some degree, with... um. Not as good of a shooter, but a better defender, uh, more athletic. He's like a Devin Booker. At like six ten. Yeah, at That's literally like six ten. I mean he he can he can he can do a pull like they're lost to uh I won't make I won't I'll make this short, but pretty much they're lost to Florida. He had like a thirty point game mm-hmm. and they come down at the end and I think they're down by five or six and he pulls up from three and he's six ten. And the guy fouls him, and they do a slow mo about his just pull up. I mean, it's really those guys' release points for when they jump him like KD when they're that tall. It's unblockable. It's it's unblockable. I mean, you cannot do anything about it. And the play either right before, or right after that, he goes down and pins pins the Florida. Uh, I think it was the center wide open because they were pressing. Pretty much do a hail mary down the court. And he runs from like half court all the way down and chase him. And I mean, beats it. You know, it's just like he he just has those flashes of crazy athleticism. He has extraordinary length, crazy height. But he's a scorer like Devin Booker. And that that's kind of, you already missed out on Devin Booker in the draft one time. You know, one draft one draft pick away, right? When yeah. the Suns got him. He was the next one. Yep. Um, don't miss out on, on Jabari Smith. I've also can. heard some uh, Paul George comps for him. I don't think he has the handle or necessarily... Paul George can freeze you. Yeah. He's one of those players that can, you know, off the dribble can get you to just almost freeze because you're trying to guess what he's about to do and then pull up and, you know, nail it. I wouldn't say Jabari's like that. Um, You can kind of guess when he's going to pull up, but you're not going to block it. You just got to get a hand in his face and try to make it as hard as possible for him to make. So I that piece for the Thunder with uh, Gideon and just another young piece too, so you can maybe possibly have him for a long time and develop him. I'd really like to see that because he's a great player. I mean, even some other guys who I've thought of, like this is obviously somebody I wouldn't touch just because of his injury history, but right. a Michael Porter Jr. type, I think would yeah. be really great with his team. Just mm-hmm. you see what he does with Denver where it's just like, and he was go score, go shoot. He was coming up. I mean, that's, that's what sucks for, I, and for him, it's like he, when he did play, he was a X factor. Like mm-hmm. he, he was a guy that you were like, wow, like he's going to be really good. But that just sucks with, with injuries for some of these guys, man. Like, and like Anthony Davis too. Like when we get to our biggest disappointment, biggest surprises, mm-hmm. I, I will feel for him to an extent. 
Well, as far as the Thunder go, you know, the All-Star break is kind of the pseudo halfway point through the season. We're already 60 games in, but somehow the All-Star break is considered the halfway point. So I I wanted to go through the roster, the Thunder's roster, and just we'll go back and forth and just talk about one guy at a time about one thing we'd like to see them do or add to their game for the rest of the season. Obviously, like you've been very vocal about Josh Giddy changing his form. You're not going to do that in the last 20 games so don't tell me anything like that but something you know that's reasonable to add right. in this last stretch we'll start with uh Bays. what would i like to see from darius Baisley, as in get better what can he do in these last 20 games to improve or what would you like to see him do or try i say you just be more aggressive on the offensive end mm-hmm. um he does well with his role he really does um and he takes he takes smart shots for the majority of the game um, but I, I would like to see him use that length, that size, um, that athleticism and put it to work on the offensive end. You know, I mean, you got 20 games left. We're going to try and tank anyways. And I honestly, for a, for a lot of the guys that we're going to try and keep for longevity, I'd probably like to see them, you know, not play the entire game because mm-hmm. we, I also do want to tank, but you also don't want to risk any injury going into next season. Uh, cause depending on the, what happens in the draft, you know, we may not have to keep tanking. So yeah, uh, but Baisley is also another guy who you're probably going to get me annoyed with saying he also, I, I hate his jumper. Yes, <laughs> I can agree with that on Bays of just being more aggressive, but specifically I'd like to see him as a small ball five even more yeah. in some lineups. I mean, not just defensively, but offensively, you put him in a two-man game with Giddy, you know, see, pick and roll. Fi- see, at the five, though, that's, that's pretty bold because he's, for like physicality-wise, you know, he can, get, he can handle himself down there, but... I'd probably like to see him more athletically at like the four. How many, like, I don't know. I just wonder how many actual sinners are out there who are just going to bury and bludgeon him. Like, unless it's Giannis, AD, Jokic, Embiid, and like three other guys. I'm just like, if like you saw it whenever they played Portland, they're like, go ahead, Nurkic, just post Bays up 20 times. And if you can score every 20, all 20 times, then we'll just lose. But I guess it's just because for the Thunder, they don't really have like, one of those established bigs that you'd see for honestly a majority around the league. It's not like we're going to say Derek favors is like, you know, up there remotely close to anybody, you know, but, um, I, you could try it. And that's what I mean. We have why 20 not? games left. Yeah. Why, yeah. Okay. I get that. Why not? Why not? Just yeah. see what he has. All right. Like next that. up, uh, Lou Dort. What would you like to see Lou Dort do? <sighs> Keep being you Lou. <laughs> that's <No>. it. <laughs> you know what? On, honestly, maybe, maybe offensively, just, just, keep doing what he's doing because he's obviously mm-hmm. making good changes. Um, if he, I, honestly, I, I love his, I mean, his effort, the way he comes to play every night, I mean, guarding the toughest player on one end and then going down. And sometimes, you know, especially when we were out, are without Shea and, you know, if Giddy's having kind of an off night, he's kind of the only man out there that you can really do anything with. But if he just keeps improving his offensive game, shots, um, handle drive, it's, he he's gonna be great. It's uh, I, Lou Dort. If you ever hear this, I'm I don't give you any criticism. Just keep doing what you're doing. I'm not gonna be as positive as you <laughs> as just like saying how much you love Lou Dort. Everyone loves Lou Dort, but I'd like to see some different things of just him tightening up some of his playmaking skills, which he's really added a lot in the last couple of years. Where it's, imagine imagine like going undrafted, getting picked up, and like now you and I are like we need him to be a better playmaker. 
because he can do it. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's awesome. Well, and I'm yeah, it is awesome. We were talking about that the other day about just how great his story has been. Of a, like, wasn't he a five star? And mm-hmm. he goes to Arizona State. Yeah. He's like the defensive player of the year. I think he might have been even the player of the year in the conference. He goes undrafted, and he's playing like game seven in the first round, guarding James Harden. Later I mean, that wins, year. but like, okay, you like Tony Allen. Um, who's the who's the old guy we were talking about with the Lakers the other day that fell off really hard? Avery uh, Bradley, Br- yeah, like a younger version of him, even. But like, other than them, like, who do you remember? That actually, you couldn't even compare them because they couldn't do it both ways. Like, he reminds me a little out. bit of Marcus Smart. Mm, why? Just they're built pretty similarly. They both are, you know, guys who made their name on the defensive end. They can shoot enough. They both can handle it enough, and they both get to the rim at a decent level. I think Marcus Smart's a better passer, but and well, and in some ways he was a little bit of a better of a scorer just from because that's kind of that was kind of one of his better skill sets was yeah. how he could score very well and, and shoot. Dort really isn't there yet. Like obviously his defensive game is like his strongest part. But like I said, if he keeps working on his offensive game just all around, he will continue he will progressively well, get better. And as a like playmaker, I'm not asking him to be the prime playmaker and take these pick and roll options and be the center of your offense, but right, just like right. do a better job of driving and kicking under control. And just hitting those guys in their shooting pockets and not He's just... so big when he puts his head down and goes at you. Like, you mean, you better have help or you better be ready. Yeah. No, I mean, that might go into a little bit as well of just, like, settle for less jumpers and I just could get to the line. control. That, yeah. that could be... Sorry, Lou, but that could be one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because there's sometimes That's where, fair. I mean, you remember when, like, the football guys come from football and they join <laughs> the basketball team and they're just running around knocking people over? That's what Lou Dort looks like. Yeah, I mean, he's he's built for a lot of different sports, but um, it's if he if he has more control going down the lane, uh, maybe even having his head up a little bit more for passing, because uh, when you do get that help, you can't really, you know, strength and athleticism isn't going to last you forever. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're trying to go up and go up really strong, um, maybe making the easier play, which is a dump off or something for him. That could that could be a thing you could work on towards the end of the season. Well, for and sure. it's not a huge deal. I mean, he's already no. really, really tightened up a lot of his finishing where he's gotten a lot better with contact. Right. So I think this is just the next step. And his in shot's the, just gone a lot yeah, better. In the progression of his game. Yeah. We're going alphabetically. Derek Favors is next. Uh, Derek. You know, I, I feel bad because he's not that old, but he's like, what is it? He's 30. 30. Yeah, he's 30. Yeah, I mean, really for him, he's he he's doing what he's supposed to in his role. Yeah, I couldn't him. ask for anything more yeah, from him. Yeah, just, just keep, keep, help, help us tank a little more. Keep being a leader. Uh, go eat with Poku every day. That's what I would say. Yes. You and him, it's yes. just like we're going. That is how you can help the Thunder. Yeah. Um, next up, Josh Giddy. We talked about him for a while, but there's obviously still things he can add to his game. Is there anything specifically other than his shot that you would like to change? Um... No, we honestly like like we had, were just talking about like defensively. Um, I definitely think, you know, maybe maybe putting him on on some of the players that, you know, you wouldn't want him to guard. Just like maybe like who would Lou, who who Lou is gonna guard? Put Giddy on him. Get Giddy to work. It's not you got twenty games just left. Test him. Well, I mean, we're yeah. It's not like we're trying to win anyways right now. I mean, you need to see what he can do. I mean, it doesn't. It's not like I'm asking him to you know guard De'Aaron Fox or something like that crazy. But like you know when you're playing. Maybe the Suns and you're playing Booker. You're playing, you know. I want him to guard some scores and uh, and get the feel for. Because if you get into the playoffs, he's going to get switched on to those guys. He's going to yeah. have to guard those. Oh guys. yeah, yeah. It oh makes most sense. definitely. Um, but I mean, 
Giddy, you know, he's he's had a great, great season up until this point, and uh, he, you couldn't have asked anything better from a teenager. So I'd like to see some more almost like post-scoring from him. I mean, he has great touch around the rim. Passing out of like double teams and stuff like See, that on the block, I, I think he would last be time great where, at. And you and you, it was taken like I was saying he needed to do like post moves. I wanted him to do more of like a guard, like what he can do with his size, but use the guard moves down low. Mm-hmm. You know, with finishing touch um, and using that size when you're able to get somebody switched on you because it's yeah, he's not a he's not a six three six four point guard. You know? Well, and especially it seems like in a lot of these matchups they put a much smaller guy on him, so you got to punish those mismatches and things like that. It can't just be he has to guard a fast guy. If you're going to be that much bigger than him, you got to punish them too. Well, and sometimes when you know if the if he really has an advantage in height, you don't. There's no need for the pick and roll. Mm-hmm. Have someone have someone you know go down make a make a sideline outlet. And then have him move around a little bit and then catch him in in the post after a little bit of motion. Well, and part of that post thing, I would just like to see him use his body and his physicality a little bit more. I mean, I don't like the white guy to white guy comparison, but you see Luca just knocking guys out of the way and different things like that and using his body. And I think that's something that is easily replicable. And Luca's very good at using his body with separation, too. Mm -hmm. That's why when he does those step backs and stuff, it's because he gets right up on you. And when he does the pullback, when he does a step back, he's his body and his momentum has forced you to kind of freeze or fall back. Um, and he's been hitting you all game. Yeah. 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 So I'd love to see that from giddy of just like using your shoulder, bumping some guys off using your physicality, because I mentioned this to my little brother all the time when we're playing, it's like you get to hit other guys too. They don't just get to hit you on defense. You can hit them back. Right. But um, moving on, we got Shea is next and the alphabetical order for the thunder. Truthfully with Shea on like these, this last stretch, just keep him healthy the love of God just keep him healthy I mean don't don't overuse him don't put him in a position where it could you know and long term where he's gotta you know God forbid do any sort of rehabilitating just you know keep Shea in a groove keep him playing here and there I mean but also you're trying to tank I would just say play him in a safe amount of minutes like 25 30 max yeah Yeah, and I would love to see him like we talked about earlier just work more off ball and work off of giddy because, I right, mean, they've right. already tried the thing where Giddy plays off ball away from Shea, and that's just not great. So why not maximize Giddy? And Shea's already such a great scorer, and he's played with guys like Chris Paul, and he played on that Clippers team. He's played with some really great playmakers, so why not just try this out? Because I think this is the best way to maximize their duo, as we talked about earlier. Yeah, I mean, if you if you can just get, get Shea in when he's healthy and, yeah, 25, 30 minutes tops – and then get him with some chemistry with Giddy. I think I think that's good enough for for this season. Next up, Ty Jerome. Uh, <laughs> Stop shooting. Oh uh, yeah, or or just start making them. You know, or only shoot and don't dribble. That'd yeah. be great if you be, could just run off a, screens. Be and a stuff. catch and shooter, please. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's all we have for him. Yeah. Vic Kretchy, do you have any overarching thoughts on Vic Kretchy mm-hmm. here for the? What has he played? Eight minutes a season? Something like that. Yeah. That might be generous. Honestly, I can't even tell. When he came in, uh, what was it, against the Sixers? I think we have, like we literally played everybody against them uh, in Philadelphia. Uh, when he came in, I seriously, like even as big of a Thunder fan as I am, I go, who the hell is that? <laughs> uh, and I looked up and I was like, oh, he was uh, round two from Europe. And I 
Or have yeah, we he used him? In, I mean, drafted last year, and he's been recovering from an ACL for the last year and a half, basically. So, free money mm-hmm. for him. Wow. But um, he's another guy who's like Poku, who's just a project. So I'd like to just see him get consistent minutes to see if what's there at all. Right. I mean, yeah, his big New Year's resolution I, is I, just to play minutes. I would, I would have to see more of him because uh, he's, I mean, he was young, and obviously when he has played, it's trash time, and it's for very short amounts, uh, uh, short spurts of time. Not as short as uh, Lindy's, but. My boy's getting it done out there when he does go. So his first NBA points last week. Do you want to Shout just out. talk about him now? <laughs> yeah, I'll talk about Lindy for sure. What, what would you like to see from him other than just playing more minutes? Well, my guy Lindy has always been – he's solid on the offensive end, and obviously his shooting is is incredible right now, especially mm-hmm. from the three-point line. He's a great mid-range shooter, always was. Um, if he's able to start consistently – if they give him some more time on offense, I mean, they put him in for a 20 second sprint, he plays some defense and they pull him out. I'm like, you know, what are we trying to do here? You got to let somebody get in a groove, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, obviously his defense can improve um, that for a guy, his size and, you know, lengthy, you're going to play a lot of guards who are really fast because he is technically a guard slash small forward. Um, but let him, let him play a little bit and see if he can start getting some offense going, see what he can do uh, mid range and outside. Yeah, for him, just play solid defense and then shoot it every time you get it at the three-point line because Literally. if you're going to make it in the league... He's a 48% yeah. three-point shooter. I mean, that's that's crazy, you know? Almost yeah. being able to be a 50% three-point shooter. That's... Yeah, but if he's going to make it in the league, it's not going to... Because he's a great defender. It's because he can shoot the crap out of the ball like an Anthony Morrow or something like that. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, but if, he gets his, if his defense gets better, then he might see some more time and mm-hmm. being able to play, you know, up and down and not just play some defense and then hear the buzzer sound gotta eat your broccoli okay tail maladon is next love you though lindo um so i'm not very high on maladon i would i don't blame you yeah i mean i mean i was high on him last year yeah yeah um, i felt like there was a regression maybe maybe i'm i i honestly wasn't too high on him ever uh i was i was skeptical i was not going to be a judgmental hater but uh i mean just not really anything like like do we need him you know i thought that he could turn into like a george hill type of right. a guy who's like your secondary Second, playmaker yeah, who yeah. can play pretty good defense and knock down some threes right. i think more than anything for him he's just gotten in the time crunch and gotten pushed out by trey man i was about to say i mean trey man's smaller about the same age um, and he's done way more and now, not, not consistently, but I mean, even still, he has it's, a it's lot higher ceiling, a lot higher. So it, when you have him and, and Maladon next to each other, it's, you know, one's, one's going to stay and it's Trey. But for the sake of uh, discussion, what would you like to see Maladon do? I think fit in that role. I mean, right now, like while we're tanking, we don't have Shea. I'd say when you do come in, try to control the game more since you're a point guard. Yeah, let know. him be the backup point guard. Let him have all of the Ty Jerome possessions. Please. Yeah, that, that would yeah. be great. Let, let, him, let him do what Ty Jerome's trying to do. That would be phenomenal. <laughs> okay, next up, we mentioned him a little bit a second ago, Trey Mann. Trey Mann, just consistency. Um, switching up, I mean, his his offensive game is his step back game is nasty. I mean, because mm-hmm. he can go pretty quick and then stop on the dime and have you go flying by and then hit the jumper. But um, it's a lot of three pointers, some mid range. Get to the bucket a little more. I think seeing some more drives and see if he can do make uh, be a little bit more of a playmaker when he gets down the paint and uh, even maybe a floater game for a guy his size. I mean, he's what six three. 
Yes. I'd yeah. love to see and him get to the line more. You saw it against the Knicks about just yeah. how much that helps. I mean, those are and free throws, free line. points. Yeah. yeah. Got to get in the lane. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, Trey Mann, though, uh, you mentioned the playmaking thing. And then also... Consistency, consistency too. Consistency, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mentioned this with almost everybody, but just moving off the ball, I'd like to see him do some of that stuff because it seems like a lot of his threes are just him catch and shooting or it's yeah. off a dribble, off a step back. Yeah. Because I think he can definitely shoot off the... Off movement, like I said, a little more, a little more um, combo guard play from him. It's it's not just what you know the mid range three pointers, you know step back. It's all nice. Don't get mm-hmm. me wrong. I'm not discrediting that, but you know add add a little more to it by by making your defender have to kind of pick and choose. Oh, is he going to shoot? Well, I don't want him to beat me off the dribble, so I better back off. And then he hits. You know, make it make it a little more tougher. You got you got some games left to do, and then you got a whole off season. So mix it up. Yeah. All right, Mike Mascala. Um, just stay on that bench, be a good leader. <laughs> oh, Mike. I mean, he hits some of those pick and pops, and you're like, okay, hell yeah, here we go. And then you see him on a pick and roll sometimes when he's got a def- when he's rolling into the defender and when he gets the ball, and you're like, that dude is carrying cement blocks on his feet. I'd be decently surprised, or I don't know, maybe pretty surprised if he plays again this year. I mean, he's already had the ankle injury that's going to keep him out through All-Star well, he's break. Like Derek, I mean, he's 30, isn't he? Yeah, that, and he's already said that he has an ankle surgery that he's playing for the summer. Just get it now. We Who cares? Yeah, at this point, it's, we're, these last, tw- I'm, I'm trying to tank hard for the lottery. Well, and if you're going to get over the summer, get it now. You're probably not going to play a lot of minutes. Right. right. Um, next, we have... The mystery man, Alexei mm. Pokashevsky. What would you like to see from Poku? Poku. Well, in the off season, I would like to see you uh, maybe eat like a pizza to start your morning, and then like two hundred and twenty grams of protein like every day. Is there any basketball <laughs> things he could add? Um, no, I mean, it, for him, it's you know kind of like I told you last time. He's he's a seven footer. He's got a lot of length. Um, he can shoot the ball sometimes. But there's there's times when he's in the game and you're like, oh, this is, what this is bad. But but when you when you say it, it's like why? Well, you're a seven footer who can shoot. But sometimes when your game, it's like, does he want the ball? Mm-hmm. You know, does I mean when he gets it, does is does he feel like he needs to be doing like a pick and pop or floating around three point line or maybe cleaning up some trash points down low off a brick? It's you know for him, I. I Get give him the ball and let's see if he can try and go to work. Yeah, um, I'm that sounds bit... very broad, but it's like you. I mean, he's he's super young, and you've seen spurts out of him where he can he can hit the three, where when he gets down low, he might have some good signs of touch. Um, but just for him, work around it all, inside and out. I'm not saying he needs to be a down low big man because that's not what he is. You're trying to turn him into Shaq. <sighs> 2002 Shaq at like 400 pounds only a dream no but definitely definitely to when he caught the or excuse me when he catches the ball down low he doesn't have to worry he's a seven footer Mm -hmm. you know guys like Giddy worry about getting the ball down low and making some guard moves or some really quick moves to get around and get the bucket and touch for him, he's he's a seven footer. You well, know what I mean. He's got that wingspan. He could even add, add like a little baby hook or something like something, that. Something something where it gives you an unfair advantage with what you already have as an advantage. For me, I like to see Poku. Just there are some games and you know guys well. like this yeah. that they just kind of float throughout the game and you you look at the box score and they played thirty minutes and you're like I don't remember you playing at all. Right? Were you out there, Tony Snell? Yes. Yeah. So from Poku, I'd like to just see him make impactful plays. 
Yeah. Yeah. Just make sure that well, you have a role of something you can do consistently that shows up that it's not like you're just, cause it, sometimes it feels like he's just trying not to mess up and it's like, right. it's okay to screw up. When he's scared, it looks like I, like I said, he doesn't want the boy scared, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but you're, I mean, like I've had this argument with some of my friends is he's young. Mm-hmm. I mean, I gotta, even I gotta try to remember to not like forget. He is a young guy. Um, he's learning and he's growing He's obviously put some weight on, so I'm not going to, you know, totally bash him for that. But it's like, those are things that are going to like make that body type as a seven footer and super lengthy and is able to move and is agile like him. It, it makes, it gives you help on your uh, already advantage. Like it's, it's everything that from down low to the outside to being able to shoot the three at that height, it's, you know, build on that. And don't be scared to make mistakes because I promise you a tanking team does not care about making mistakes. As long right as they're now. not just stupid things where you're throwing out of bounds or shooting right. it from half right. court, I think Dagnalt will be fine. Um, next up, we got JRE who's been out with an injury. Is there anything you'd like to see from him? Yes. I mean, we, with, with the rest of the season we have left, if he comes back and he wants to play, you know, don't abuse him after the injury. You just don't want to do that with anybody right now. Um, but don't put him in the G League, give him, give him the NBA minutes quick doing this back and forth because like you know i was kind of messing with him but he goes to the g league and dropped what 35 something like that yeah i mean some and he doesn't need that he needs nba nba time against contending teams with the rest of the season um but definitely do not abuse the injuries post yeah just keep doing what you're doing he's playing a lot of post defense out there knocking down shots pick and pop stuff I think they have been missing him on some of those things. Him and Muscala being out has killed a lot of their pick and pop game that they used to run I mean, a lot it help, of. I mean, like like we were talking about earlier, it's help, it helps spacing a lot when mm-hmm. you're able to do that and making the either usually the center when it's on the when it's on a pick and roll, but making the defender guess. You know, if I need to sit back, if I need to play it up high. And JRE, he's just a smart basketball player. He knows where to be and what to do. I mean, we make fun of Poku and those things, but JRE is a basketball player. You can just tell that he's played for a long time. He's the son of another former player. I mean, what kind of what JRE does, like Poku could do that, you know, as a, as a, <laughs> everybody say hi to Mia. Um, as a six eight man, power forward, JRE, what he does, and like, like we're saying with the way he thinks, if Poku could do that and model a little bit of that, you could have a really good player in Poku. Yeah. You know. Um, next up, we got Isaiah Roby. Anything special for him? <laughs> I'd like to see his roster spot um, freed up at some point. <laughs> I was about to say, uh, he's what, 24, 25, 24. 24. Yeah. I'd do something with him. You know, I don't, I don't know if you want to see any Isaiah Roby. No offense playing. to Isaiah yeah, Roby, but he's going to be the guy who gets replaced with like the 18th pick or whatever the Clippers pick turns right. into. Right, right. Um, Aaron Wiggins. Um, I th- I need to see a little bit more of Aaron Wiggins before I I say what I what I think I need to see from him truthfully, because good shooting guard signed him to what was it a a four year deal and two years are like team options basically right. right. I'd like to see, see him. He's he's a pretty good scorer. He's an NBA-level defender already. I don't have any questions about that. I think he can handle it decently enough. I don't know. I'd like to see him just continue to evolve as a scorer and not just like three points and drives like we were talking about because he can get in the mid-range a little bit. I'm not saying he should be taking 20 shots a game, but he can be a nice rotation guy. I mean, I can't disagree with that because I 
and I'm not going to be very critical on him. I'm, I need let's see let's see what they do with him on this last stretch of the season because I'm I do have a feeling that now is going to be like when we start really tanking. At least I would I would really hope. And then last but not least, Kenrich Williams. Any overarching thoughts for Kenny Hustle? <sighs> Kenny Hustle, first of all, you deserve to be on a contending team right now. Um, I was very shocked that Presti didn't use him or anything for anybody else or maybe even future picks or whatever. I I don't know. With him, it's keep doing what you're doing with the hustle plays and being able to be a great role player for especially right now for a contending team. Um, I don't I'm I'm kinda interested interested to see what we do with him at the end of the season. If we just let him keep doing what he's doing or let him free up a little bit on the offensive end, see if he can do a little bit more than he's done. Um, cause you're going to have that time when, you know, with Shea still out and even when he comes back, uh, probably going to be limited minutes. Um, and you know, if, if you're the guy that's in and you've got like Dort or somebody else, you know, maybe help Dort out on the offensive end. Um, but yeah, poor, poor Kenrick. He, he should be on a contending team he, right he's now. He's got one more year left on his deal after the, the season ends. Mm-hmm. I think part of it, he said for a while that he likes being here just as in Oklahoma city as a place and just the organization and what they're asking him to do. And it looks like he was not in a big hurry to leave and Presti wasn't in a big hurry to move him unless they got a first round pick and somebody overpaid for him. Right. So I'm not too mad about it. I think he was a good culture guy. I think this is one of the things that like when the people compare the Thunders rebuild to the process, the process didn't have any veteran leadership at all. Like a guy like Mike Muscala or Derek Favors or Kenrich Williams of guys who have been in the league for a while who can kind of like teach these young guys the ropes. Well, and yeah. Yeah, well, but with the process, too, you had it built around, you know, Joel Embiid. Well, I mean, but you look at those process teams, it was just, it was all G League guys and young guys fighting for their lives, trying to stay in the league, and nobody's learning or anything, and no one's teaching them these valuable lessons. I mean, you can go back a couple years ago, you can still see these things that Shea, uh, Lou, and Dort have learned from Chris Paul, Mm -hmm. uh, or in Bays, that just those little things in their games from other veterans. And I think that's really, really valuable to have on your roster. And it's not like Kenrich Williams is going to win you a bunch of games. Well, and, but for the, for the Thunder ever since we've been an organization, it's been kind of hard to like be a role player around the mm-hmm. really great players we've had, <clears throat> excuse me. And uh, try and like mold or like follow suit because the players we've had have been generational. I mean, yeah. it's ridiculous. I mean, you know, with Westbrook and Harden and Durant and now you got Gideon Shea. It's like, how do you how do you mold that? I mean, what can you give me like part of your basketball IQ or so, you know? It's like, I so- would love for Kenrich Williams to just have like a training school for Aaron Wiggins and Darius Baisley, and just like, here's how you do stuff, Professor Williams. <laughs> yeah, and just like, here's how you do stuff. Here's how you guard guys. Here's how you keep the ball moving. Because Kenrich Williams, like I mentioned with Jerry, he just makes smart basketball plays that it's just like. They're not really things that you can teach. You just kind of know how to do it or you don't. It's kind of funny how, like, like when you see in the NBA, when you see guys like him, and you're like, wow, you can make it in the NBA and just do what they do. Mm-hmm. Be smart. Always have effort, like, every play. And just be a solid, fundamentally sound basketball player. Well, you're seeing that from Bayes now compared to, like, earlier in the season or last year where he's, like, trying to – well, can I be an all-star? Can I be like a superstar? Somebody who's like a prime play- player. Says, and we know that's not everything to the Thunder's development. Yeah. And we know that's not true. And then 
now you're saying he's like solidified himself and he's like, oh, you can I kind of understand what type of player he could be in the NBA. It's right. because he's not trying to do too much and he's just doing all the small things like Kenrich. Yeah, and I just I you almost forget how valuable and how much you know with in the NBA today how valuable that is is players that are just very fundamentally sound. That's okay. They don't have to be a flashy playmaker. No, that's what your stars are for. Exactly. Okay, and then um, you mentioned earlier we got biggest surprise team from this season and biggest disappointment team. Mm -hmm. I will let you go first with your biggest surprise team this year. Biggest surprise team as in how well they've done? How well they've done. Uh, Memphis Grizzlies for me, Mm -hmm. I think. I mean, that probably is a very mainstream answer, but it's like, you know, it's they don't have a bunch of, you know, like on the Suns, what the Suns have been able to do. I mean, that's not really surprising anybody. Maybe a little bit because of how well they've been. Like everybody predicted that they were going to be good, but, but not it's how this how good. they've been beaten. Teams, right, yeah. right, um, and how consistent they've been. I mean, I think Devin Booker posted the other day on his Twitter. It was like their last, I don't know, freaking eighteen to twenty games, and they were all W's. And every leading scorer, I think it was either him or. I think there were maybe two games out of that entire stretch where Booker wasn't the leading scorer. Yeah. And it's just straight consistency with them. But with the Grizzlies, consistency, but it's also John Morant has blown up. No one can stay in front of him. And no one can hang with him in the air. <laughs> and just a lot of depth. You have guys like Desmond Bain who have say, really grown. That, yeah, Tyus yeah. Jones has mm-hmm. been really good for them. Um, really underrated trade is when they got Steven Adams in exchange for Valanchunas because – just all those post touches that went to Valanchunas just now go to Triple J instead. And yeah. Steven Adams is not mad at all about not getting shots. And he's a great role player. Saw him with Russ for all those years, setting screens and just being a defensive anchor. I really like Well, it's team. nice having one of the scariest men in the NBA on your team. Aquaman. <laughs> for my biggest surprise team, got to be the Cleveland Cavaliers. Well, Cleveland Cavaliers, yeah. I did not think would be this good this year. They're over under for the preseason. So the Thunder were picked to have 23 and a half wins. They're kind of on pace for that. Mm-hmm. The Cavaliers were picked to have 27 wins. They already have wow. 33 wins. Wow. Just, okay, that that I didn't know. I mean, cuz here's why I don't really like at least I don't really know how to not sound like a douchebag saying this, but like <laughs> with with Darius Garland, like I watched his like high school highlights and his mixtapes and stuff. And I was like, this kid's freaking good because he had, he has everything that what people are seeing now. He had a quick jumper. He was lightning fast down the court with the ball. Um, extremely good combo guard with just basketball moves with the ball, ball handling, play, uh, playmaking decision, uh, smart shots too. Uh, very good at, at uh, step in pull-ups. He just, he was a really good player. So I was like, okay. And he's going to Vanderbilt, which didn't make sense. And then he gets hurt and I'm thinking, okay, he's going to, he might fall off a little bit, but you know, then he starts playing consistently with the Cavs NBA team. I'm like, look how freaking good this guy is. Like you've seen this for a long time, but when you put the pieces around him, it, it kind of, I was kind of like, yeah, I mean, this is, this is kind of how they should be. You know, Garland's, he's running the show and he's been a very underrated guard in the NBA for a while. And then you added Evan Mobley into that, who has proved he's been NBA ready for, he'd probably didn't need to play that season at USC. Yeah. I didn't think they would be a bottom five team in the league. I thought that they might be in like the play-in range, but they're solid like in the fourth seed right now, which I think is really shocking. I wish I knew. I should have looked at the over-under and wins for them. I would have hammered that over. <laughs> My gosh. <laughs> okay, how about your biggest disappointment team? So I said it earlier. Um, obviously, it's it's another mainstream-sounding answer, but I'll, I'll, I'll give a mainstream and a non-mainstream. But 
definitely the mainstream one was the LA Lakers. Mm-hmm. Um, and specifically Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook gets a lot of slander because his misses on offense and some of his plays have become very, his mistakes are loud. They're loud. That's a great yeah. way to put it. Yes. His mistakes are loud and it's on a team full of superstars, whether they were former superstars or are currently. Um, but when LeBron got AD, I'm like, this is going to be a scary duo. LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And Anthony Davis is 27, 28. Should be in his prime. Um, I With injuries, you know, with him, I've understood some of it because you don't want to make any of those worse, especially for him right now where he's at in his career. But when he's been able to play and he wasn't hurt, he, he is Anthony Davis, but he's not the Anthony Davis everyone has been expecting where he just takes over and literally no one can guard you with the size, the length, his touch. He's a very smart basketball player when he does get the ball. I think he sh- they should have been way better and it should have been more centered around him more than anyone else on the team. I don't think he wants it. And another question I might, it's like, does is he wanting to be that player? Because it doesn't seem like it. you're in LA, you're in Hollywood, you're playing for the freaking Lakers. Probably like out of every LA sports team they have, college and pro, the LA Lakers, they're number one, are yeah. number one. And I mean, what are they? What are you doing? You know, I mean, why Dwight Howard and I mean all these other guys they have, they they should not be out playing you in certain games. It just shouldn't happen. I'm not now. I'm not going to go back and get to specifics on certain games with him, but it's just like when when he's not injured and he was healthy. Even still, he was not that much of an X factor like he should be. Yeah, I mean, you you should easily be one of the top four, maybe if not three, big men in the league. Well, talent wise, he's top ten, top seven players in the league. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's crazy. Who, who's it's, your under the radar? I guess less hipster pick, or your more hipster pick? I guess. Oh, for for just uh, mainstream and disappointing. Yeah. Uh, really, maybe maybe this isn't disappointing. It was just sad to me. Um, but maybe not for a lot of other Thunder fans, the uh, Trailblazers falling apart um, just because of that backcourt with CJ and Dame. Like, it was nice, but they just, you know, the organization could never get the right pieces around those two. So you kind of had to call it. Um, but as much as Dame's dagger still hurts, pretty much putting us into a position of starting back from scratch, he, uh, he deserves a lot more from that organization. And uh, they... So I wouldn't even see they were a bigger letdown. I think it's just the way that everything came falling down for them because yeah. of what he's been able to do for, you know, a long time there. Um, I think for me, like every time I've seen them, and but a positive for the Trailblazer fans is uh, I'm hopefully going to pronounce this right, Anthony Simons. Yeah. Wow. He looks really good. Wow. That guy didn't play college ball at all. Went straight from Prep Academy to the NBA, and he every game he is a tough player to guard and he's a young and like very young. Yeah, so I wanted the thunder to trade for him a couple of years ago. Would have been a very successful, <laughs> would have been a very smart trade. Um, for my biggest disappointment team, I've got your Atlanta Hawks. I just, I, they're the, what, <laughs> what <laughs> do you not see them in the standings right now? What? Um, no, I know it's, it's, but here, here's my question. They're what, one game were, ahead were, of the Wizards. What were you expecting? The, the Wizards, from the way they start the season to now, have been a huge yeah. disappointment. I mean, the fact you had Dinwiddie and everybody, I mean, starting out top of the East, and now you're at the bottom. But 
Why do you say that about the Hawks? Why are they a letdown? Because they made the Eastern Conference Finals last year, and it looked like they finally found something, and they've just regressed back to being a really bad team. Last year was like, if they were going to make a playoff run, like that was the year to do it. I'm not saying they should be like number one, number three in the East, but you should be in the conversation in like the sixth or seventh spot. Like the East is deep, but like, is there really, should they not be better than the Raptors? Should they not be better than the Celtics? They feel, should be better than the Raptors. I don't know about the Celtics though. They should be at least comparable in that range though. Yes, but with like their second team and a lot of their subs too. I mean, we're talking like not like the Lakers team as far as like old veterans, but I mean, they got a, a majority of their team are vets with Lou Will, Daniel Gallinari, and they've also been sucked dry by injuries. Yeah. I mean, just could not get a groove together because of injuries with a lot. I mean, even with DeAndre Hunter, when he gets injured, like he's a big factor for their team. And for Trey, for like Trey Young, it's also he what he's able to do, he can do that any night, but you need like a healthy team around him to continue to win as well because you know, you know who's you know who's gonna take the last shot, you know who's gonna try and make the play, but you need to have players around him that can help do that. I've also at least read with John Collins isn't really very happy there. Mm-hmm. Um, now that's like hearsay, but it's also like if there is any truth to that, that could be pretty detrimental. To them. I've heard that's true. I've heard that there was something where he got into it verbally with Trey in a, um, it was a film room meeting about like Trey missing some guys who were open and different things like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if the injury thing, everyone knows the most important ability is availability. It doesn't matter how good you are if you can't play. Right. Shout out Zion Williamson. <sighs> Gosh. But um, I still think the Hawks are disappointing with or without the injuries. You just right. think that it felt like their team, and especially Trey, made a leap. And if you're a top 25 player... You can't it, regress off that leap. It feels like you should be able to push your team a little bit more forward than this. Like, We'll see, but that, isn't, isn't it kind of weird how they built around him a little bit? Just as far as like, you, you know, you had Hunter, you had John Collins, you even had Cam Reddish, but you didn't really know what to do with him, which still blew my, blows my mind. Knicks don't even know what to do with him. Um, and I remember last time talking with you about how much Cameron stock I had bought Mm -hmm. and still am buying until he gets to a team where he actually fits. But a lot, besides like a few of those young guys, like everybody else is a veteran. It's almost like, you know, you wanted to make a playoff run for a few couple years with, you know, with what they had and then restart and build around Trey again. Or that's, this is a good conversation point because this is exactly what the Thunder are trying to avoid. Yeah. Like yeah. they they could go trade for Clint Capella. They mm-hmm. could go sign um, Boyan Bogdanovich or overpay for Gallinari and mm-hmm. make one playoff run and then be back at the bottom of the East. And now right. you've used all your assets. Right. This is exactly what the Thunder are trying not to do. Right. I talked about this last year, and the Hawks kind of made me eat my words a little bit, even though they had the exact path. To they made a it. lot of people eat their words. Yeah. But <laughs> I don't agree with teams fast forwarding their rebuild because it just usually. I can't name a time where it's worked out. Well, because, and then, you know, what what are you going to do next year? Like, if let's say they make the play-in or they make the playoffs, you know, first, second round exit maybe, maybe mm-hmm. first round. Okay. Um, like, what do you do next year? Yeah. What do you do the year know. after that? But just imagine, say they did you, rebuild you one don't more year. your team or not young yeah. guys. Imagine they did rebuild one more year last year and just they get the eighth pick and they don't have Gallinari on their team. They don't have Bogdanovich. They don't make that big run but they pick up Franz Wagner. Like that could really help them and elevate their ceiling more than 
adding a couple older yeah. guys. Yeah, I mean, it's weird because truthfully, they could they could be a team that you know makes the Insta Conference Finals and then regress really so bad that they end up trading and almost doing another rebuild around Trey. Well, they yeah, I think this might be as you talked about. It could be just a one time thing. Like you saw, the Blazers made the. Western Conference Finals one time. They were a perennial team in and the West. If that's the case, West. that's yeah. crazy. That, I mean, no offense to anyone on the Hawks, seriously. Mm-hmm. But if that was the team that you were like, hell yeah, we could make the, like we could win this thing, you're crazy. Yeah. Crazy. I don't know that they put all their chips in. I think a lot of it just happened to do with they got on the nice side of the bracket where they play the Knicks, who have proven this year the they're Knicks, a fraud the, team. The Knicks, Knicks during that, at least at that time, they were hot. They were perceived as good. I thought mm-hmm. the Knicks had a good chance to beat them in the first round. They were hot. They, yeah. The Knicks, the Knicks were playing very well. And then Julius Randle went in the playoffs cold. Mm-hmm. And then they get the second round. The 76ers should have beaten them. And then Ben Simmons turns into a puppet and can't do Crazy. anything. Crazy. And then, obviously, they have that run where they play in the Eastern Conference Finals. Giannis is unhealthy for the first two games or mm-hmm. something like that. I think, yeah. Or it yeah. might be the other way around. I think yeah. they closed out without him. I think he yeah. was healthy the first two. And then they lose to Drew Holiday and Brooke Lopez. And Chris Middleton. And Chris Middleton. He, Chris Middleton last year, at least during that series and then into the finals, he that man, that man could score. Mm-hmm. I mean, on very, very good jumper. And we, when he gets hot, he's not missing. Yeah, I'm glad we could turn this into a little Thunder discussion because I think that is something important to see with a lot of these rebuilding teams where it's like, what's the point of just getting to the middle? The Thunder right. could, tomorrow, could be as good as the Wizards or the Knicks or the Hornets or something like that, but there's just no real point. Yeah, there's I mean, no higher the trade line, We could have easily turned the team into making the play in and trying to make a run. Yeah, you could snap your fingers and trade for Brad- Bradley Beal right. I and mean, not but lose Giddy or Shea. Well, but yeah, and now Bradley's done for the season, so that poor man in Washington. But um, yeah, the the Hawks I just I I think they pushed fast forward, and they shouldn't have done it. Yeah. If anything from this episode, I want people to understand is that if you want something good, you got to be patient. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of Thunder fans are. You see it when you go to the games. Not many of them. I mean. Fans show up when you're winning, and I think that goes for every sport. But well, and Thunder fans are a little bit spoiled because, you know, they didn't have an NBA team. Are we though? In the, in the sense, are we spoiled? Okay, let me let me <laughs> let me finish this thought before you interrupt me here. Don't forget who's in charge here. But um, I think that Thunder fans are spoiled in the sense of like it's like oh well it's like three build uh, three years that's how long a rebuild should take. I mean we got Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, and James Harden three straight drafts. Like it's easy. It's like. That is an aberration in the history of sports that will never happen again. Rebuilds, the Sacramento Kings have been rebuilding since they lost Chris Weber. Yeah, they've been, yeah, or Storyakovich. Orlando has been rebuilding since Dwight Howard was on the team. Yeah. Rebuilds aren't, there's nothing guaranteed. Phoenix was bad from Steve Nash until they got Chris Paul. They were like a middling or really bad team because they... People forget all those years where they drafted. And Devin Booker's in his sixth season. Yeah, so. yeah. People forget all that stuff. But yeah. I had a couple more things, but we have gone way over time just discussing a bunch of great things like Lindy Waters and Ty Jerome and uh, <laughs> high school basketball and different things like that. But we'll get into it next week. John, thank you so much for joining me today. Always a pleasure, Mike. Thank you so much for listening. Once again, we are the Thundergrads. Make sure to follow us on all the social media platforms: Instagram, Twitter. I might make a YouTube page. We'll try a bunch of things. Anyway, we will will see.